Branch improves driver hiring and loyalty by delivering payments to drivers within seconds, anytime, any day, even nights and weekends. Ditch outdated processes and get started for free at branchapp.com. Welcome to Taking the High Road, a Driver Reach and Freight Waves production. I'm your host, Jeremy Raymer, founder and CEO of Driver Reach, a modern recruiting and compliance solution. On this show, I interview industry experts and thought leaders who bring their insights to the driver lifecycle as we discuss the industry's greatest challenges, driver recruiting and retention. I appreciate all the positive feedback on the show. Please remember to rate and review Taking the Higher Road, whatever platform you use to listen. I'm joined today by a passionate industry leader who's making a difference in our workforce challenges, Dave Harrison, Executive Director for Workforce Development, Government Programs, and Military Employment Issues with Fastport. Welcome to the show, Dave. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. I'm impressed you got all the way through all that. You didn't lose your breath. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It takes practice. I'm, uh, I'm hoping during our time today that uh, we can touch on your background, you know, what got you into the industry. I'd like you to um, talk about Fastport and all the ways that you're helping our workforce challenges. Uh, we'll touch on hiring veterans uh, as well as the uh, Safe Driver Apprenticeship Program. We'll get your thoughts on the biggest challenges that the uh, facing the industry's, you know, workforce going forward. And then lastly, we'll answer a question submitted by a listener during our Deeper Dive segment. Does that work for you? Fantastic. We look forward to it. Awesome. Well, um, I know, you know, you've, you've served in the U.S. Army. Thank you. Uh, as a veteran, you know, multiple uh, combat tours of duty. You've been an educator. You're a high school football coach. Uh, uh, you know, you've, uh, you've been a small fleet owner, you know, business owner. You've been in the industry. You've worked with J.D. Hunt for years. You know, how did you find your way into the trucking industry? And maybe can you describe your journey that got you in and, and led you to where you are today? Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's an interesting question. And here you rattle it off. It sounds like the only person that had more jobs than I did was Barbie. You know, uh, so uh, it, it, the reality is this, is that uh, I uh, post-service and uh, I, I ended up in a situation due to a family matter. Uh, my grandmother needed to be taken care of and I ended up becoming her guardian. And I ended up um, being partners in a restaurant and I had my own marketing company as well. The, the, someone owed me money. And instead of money, they gave me a truck. I should have hit them in the face three or four times. <laughs> uh, I knew nothing about the, I had no other foundation, uh, you know, uh, background of what I had. And, and so uh, generally, uh, I believe if you focus on something long enough, you can figure out how to make it work. And, you know, and P&Ls and, and profit loss and, 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 and you know, what works and what costs and what doesn't. It works across business segments. So I applied what I knew and, and learned a lot in a very short period of time, lost a lot of sleep, lost a lot of money, made some money. Uh, I did well enough at one point that I bought another truck and then another one. And then so uh, it, it went from there. Uh, that's how I got in the industry. Um, I, a set of circumstances, I sold out my interest in the restaurant and I was carrying a couple of the trucks and I, I dissolved part of those. And then I got offered a position with a small company called JB Hunt Transport uh, to train folks. Initially, part of it, besides an HR and recruiting, one of my functionalities uh, was to tra help train people on how to talk to owner operators, how to discuss P&Ls, things like that. And, and so it, 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 I was there for quite some time. Ended up building the Hunt's Heroes program to hire 10,000 veterans in a five year period, um, particularly proud to have been involved with that and be part of that uh, effort. 
Um, so uh, that's that's the short version of how I got to to into the industry, um, and then uh, that that led me to where I am today, uh, focusing on workforce development and veteran issues. Well, you know, I uh, when I got into the industry, kind of similar situation. I think a lot of people can relate. Once you get in, it wasn't necessarily that was your preferred path, chosen path, anything like that. But once you realize the, the the magnitude of the industry, how important it is from an economic standpoint, and the relationships that I don't know, there's the, the the just the way people are. You build relationships that last a lifetime. If you really commit yourself, uh, you you don't want to leave. You know, even if other opportunities you know and pre- uh, present themselves, and so. Uh, but I do want to ask you, I, I definitely want to talk about hiring veterans in a, in a moment. But even before that, uh, if you could share, you know, what exactly is Fastboard? I know that's a probably a big and broad question, but I think I always, th- when I think of Fastboard, I always thought of um, military hiring. And I know it's much greater than that. So could you share, you know, what exactly is Fastboard? That's a fair thought process. And, and to your point just a minute ago, I, I, I'm, I'm a very big believer in servant leadership. And, and if you believe in servant leadership and you believe in relationships and you believe in those kind of things and, uh, and that, and, and that really is at the heart of Fastboard itself. Uh, a lot of people say, what exactly is Fastboard? We've never heard of it, but we're everywhere into almost everything. Uh, so the, the quick answer to that is, is one part of Fastport is a technology company that it specifically designed software, software applications to facilitate transitioning service members and their families reentry into the civilian uh, workplace into meaningful careers. Uh, designed things like the resume engine where, you know, uh, some uh, someone in the military could take their MOS and their, their, their uh, ribbon rack and their schools and can plug it in there. And in less than 20 minutes from a smartphone, have 95% of a working resume that is HR ready. You know, and so it's, it's pretty cool things to be part of and it's facilitated. And we've got to, we've got to touch a lot of lives that way. Um, it, part of that effort uh, it, 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 within, you know, trucking and, and, and transportation um, and in my involvement with the Hunts Heroes program, designing that in an effort to help veterans, uh, most people are unaware that if you have a register apprenticeship program, that you uh, automatically qualify to provide a GI Bill benefit called monthly housing allowance to veterans just for working for you if you're an employer. And so, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm I believe in veteran issues. Um, I want to facilitate and, and get those benefits to the veterans that they'd earned. We're going to work, you know, at J.B. Hunt when I was built, when I was running the Hunt Heroes program. So to do so, um, I started this odyssey into registered apprenticeship on a national scale. Uh, that led to the Department of Labor. That and a couple other things led to the Department of Labor developing what's called industry intermediaries contracts, where they wanted industry experts who understood the practical end of, because we know the Department of Labor doesn't speak business and, and business doesn't speak Department of Labor. Um, and so they needed people to translate. So I was asked to facilitate that role. And so instead of building a, a workforce development system for one company, albeit a Fortune 400, build it for hundreds of companies. And, um, you know, and again, uh, like you, I'm passionate about the issues we face in this country. You know, we have supply chain issues. We all knew it was coming. This, you know, it, it, none of us are walking around with our surprise face. Uh, many of us, you know, for over a decade, I've been saying the same things to the same positions in the federal government and others, you know, and, and going in one ear and out the other. So uh, I'm, I'm grateful that we're seeing a change in that. 
you know, but we knew this was coming. Every, every, most, many of us did and predicted this. I like it when somebody says there's not a driver shortage. Well, do we have enough of them? That means there's a shortage. <laughs> Supply and demand. You have enough? No. Then you have a shortage. It's interesting. Wherever that shortage comes from, however it is, it's still a shortage. Um, you know, but be that as it may, um, our other role, and this is how it ties in, is workforce development. We are a contracted industry intermediary with the Department of Labor. Uh, I, I manage that end of the house and government relations and, and, and uh, military outreach in many ways. But uh, really what we do is facilitate workforce development strategies and registered apprenticeship across the spectrum in transportation, distribution, logistics, even financial services. I even designed cybersecurity apprenticeship and artificial intelligence apprenticeships, one for Purdue University and one for North Carolina State. Uh, we did that because there's a tie-in with automation. And the supply chain is full of AI and cybersecurity needs. And, you know, we're really working for the supply chain as a whole. Now, we've got, uh, we're working on almost 18,000 people we put in their apprenticeship program since early 2017. We're, we're real close to that number. We may hit it this week. Uh, but across a myriad of occupations. So it, it, truck driver's a big one. But we've got everything from uh, pit operators, everything touches supply chain. We've got uh, what we call considered white collar, blue collar. We really call it a no collar. We've got management level, career lattices. We, we really try to build things for the modern workforce. And we try to, and, and our real effort, especially as it applies to the trucking, has been to facilitate a real standard of training that is acknowledged by all the powers that be. And, and this year, uh, we've been able to achieve that. So uh, it, that's an overview. I know it's a little long, but uh, there's the, we, we got a lot of hats and so we do a lot of things. So. Well, I saw you back in February uh, in New Orleans. We were attending a hiring veteran summit, chatted then. I think that may be the first time we actually met face to face. And um, I know as a former employer of CDL drivers, I had a heck of a time trying to hire veterans and my drivers were home every day. I had local jobs every day and it was really, really hard. There were, and I'm going back to, to the teens, you know, 2000, from 2005, really through 2017. And um, it's really hard to, to find them. There are a lot of resources out there, or at least, you know, who proclaim to be resources we just couldn't. Uh, we just couldn't hire them, and we wanted to. I would hire every single one of them if I could. And I feel like most, you know, most employers probably feel that way. Certainly in the trucking industry, how is how is Fastport making it easier today to hire veterans? Well, it, 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 and I was in the same space at the same time uh, with the same challenges. Uh, a couple ways. One, uh, you know, I just mentioned it. Um, you know, a monthly housing allowance. So imagine if you were in transition, say you're Sergeant so-and-so at Fort Campbell, Kentucky, and uh, company ABC walks up and says, we'd like you to come drive for us. And you go, ah, I don't know about driving. You'll be home every night. You're going to make this much money. You got benefits. You got all these things. And you go, well, I got Amazon asking me to do this. And I got Oracle asking me to do this. And these guys want me to come do this. And because there's a lot of competition for transitioning service members now, more so than ever. Back at, you know, in, the, in 2014, the unemployment rate for veterans was 23%. You know, in 2012, you know, it, it, there was only a few people, players in the game. And so uh, when when I designed the national program standard for truck driver that J.B. Hunt put into place, uh, it, it, specifically for the purpose of providing GI Bill benefits to veterans, I 
quite frankly, at the time, I didn't care much about apprenticeship. I just wanted to help my veterans out, you know, and that was my goal. And I remember, I will tell you, Jeremy, it's, it's a funny story. You'll, you'll appreciate this. I went to a military hiring event in Fort Bragg, North Carolina, and I had now had monthly housing allowance, GI Bill benefit in my hip pocket, right? I got a recruiting team out there uh, traveling the world, you know, going after folks. And I, I, I went to this, this huge event. It's going to be 3,000 job seekers, right? It's got, uh, uh, so I, I look over and Amazon's got about 50 people surrounding them. You know how that looks, right? And then you had all these other companies and we get two to threes. So I, I, I skipped my large behind over there to Amazon and I, I started talking about monthly housing allowance and the fact that they could, you know, average, you know, the average monthly housing allowance based off zip code is over $1,500 a month directly paid to that veteran. And the company doesn't have to account for that. They don't have to count for the money. All they can do is get to certify the hours that veteran work. It's a no brainer. You want to, you want a veteran? You want to be a veteran ready company? You don't, you know, you, you talk about being veteran friendly or these kind of things. You put your money where your mouth is. It's not a big deal. Get your OJT approved through your apprenticeship. Now you can provide that GIL benefit. That shows them you're veteran ready. That shows them that you are engaged, right? And so I walked in and started talking about that. And I looked like the Pied Piper. I had about 22 of them following me back over. And we hired 16 or 17 of them before it was over with. Uh, now, the difference is today, Jeremy, is that everybody knows this. You know, you know it, so not everybody had it. I had it. So, you know, but now if you really want to compete in that space, you really need to have that just to compete for those folks. The other thing about uh, the modern day transitioning service members, not like me, I'm an old guy. Okay. You know, uh, you, you just put me in coach and I start playing. Um, now they're, they're, they're a little more, they're, they're, they're a little more complicated, I should say. Um, and so they, so if you can articulate, and this is important, this is really important articulating career pathways for transitioning service members and their families is the key to getting a meaningful conversation. If you, you can engage them that way, then they will talk with you. And then now when you talk with them and you talk in real pragmatic terms, now you have their attention. And that's the key. I, I see a lot of people go in, in recruiting and, and, and they, they, they will, they will spin things. Don't spin. Don't spin because they recognize spin. Um, and, and here's the wonderful thing about this. And I've seen this countless times before. And I have, I participated in hiring of over 10,000 veterans in, in my, my lifetime, at least. And, and I probably recount that number, but the, in every case that a, when a company engages a veteran, a transit service members, and they do so at scale and they commit to those people. They do not have to tell them every meal's a feast. They do not have to tell them every day's a holiday. They don't have to tell them all those things. They can be honest with them as long as that veteran, generally speaking, feels like that company cares about them and has their back as much as they want to have that company's back, right? Then what happens, that person is likely to bring another person who's a lot like them to your, your organization. And that does a couple of things for you. Simultaneously, because the most diverse and uh, inclusive organization in the world is the United States military. So you open up the pipeline of the United States military in a, in a scale, you just help your diversity and inclusion challenges immediately, easy, it's slam dunk, parallel pipelines. And then that, that's, that spider webs. Now, you know, one veteran or uh, it reaches out to another veteran they knew they served with, that word of mouth is worth more than a million dollars with the advertisement. Bam, that brings another one. But that one knew somebody else who has a friend that grew up in some place in a community that your company can't touch in South Chicago or in the Appalachians or somewhere else, 
And now you have you have connectivity, which is important. So I, 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 I went off the rails a little bit on that, but the, 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 real, the real answer to this thing is about articulating career paths, engaging in things that show veterans that they are that not that you're trying to give them a favor, but you are as vested in them as you want them to be vested in you. And if you do that, you will have success, period. And you've laid out, you know, really what what probably are table stakes now for anybody who really wants to show that they're serious and separate themselves. But th- that's some that's some great feedback, and I think the audience will find that extremely valuable. Now, I know uh, apprenticeship programs are a big part of Fastport's business, and uh, you shared a lot uh, about that at the recruitment and retention the HR uh, committee meeting at TCA in Vegas. Uh, you're heavily involved in FMCSA's Safe Driver Apprenticeship Program. Can you share what Fastport's role in, um, it, or what what your role is in that program? Well, it, 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 officially, we have no role. The DOT manages that, and I'm part of the Department of Labor. Um, and uh, I wouldn't say we officially have done anything with that, other than we have uh, provided uh, our opinion on a few things. However, um, we did work. I did direct work with the, the former chief of the CDL division at, at, at the Department of Transportation, now a retired gentleman named Selton Fritcher that many of us in the industry know. Great, great gentleman, great statesman, great leader. Uh, he, he, was, he was the person that made the military waiver happen and, and, and stayed behind that. We worked with him when I, I started working with J.B. Hunt trying to make those things happen and expand it in the States at the time they hadn't adopted yet. So uh, as you know, Jeremy, there was a military uh, a program, military pilot under 21. So when uh, Selden was first cooking that around his brain, um, I, I had many conversations with him uh, about that. And so that was really designed to be a proof of concept. You know, and the reality is this, I hear a lot of people talking about their shit. The apprenticeship is only there's a, there's an under twenty one year old apprenticeship. There isn't an under twenty one year old apprenticeship. There's an under twenty one year old pilot program. An apprenticeship is one of the things that are a requirement for that person to have an under twenty one and that employer to participate in. It. Just like having a front face camera. Just like having uh, you know a, a, a crash avoidance systems. Uh, just like having a safer system rating that is you know it meets the threshold. So it's not an apprenticeship itself. If the apprenticeship is one of the standards in order to participate. But the one thing I would like to point out about this, because I get, I get this all the time, you know, well, I just don't think a 19-year-old should be driving a truck. Well, let me tell you something. 19 and 18-year-olds are driving trucks right now, today, and you've driven right past them. And when you drove past them on interstate, whatever it was, you didn't know they were 19. You had no idea. They're, 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 their CDL holders are 18, 19, 20 years old running, running intrastate. And have been. This just allows them to run interstate. Give that perspective. If you got a 19-year-old who lives in Delaware, in 30 minutes they can be in five states. You got a 19-year-old who lives in um, Texas, they got to shut down, reset hours, a clock, whole nine yards, and they didn't get across the state yet. So yeah, this has been going on. They've been driving. That blue line didn't change magically on I-35 coming out of Dallas as soon as they hit the Red River heading towards Oklahoma City. It's the same blue line. They were just on. This just makes it a little more practical application. Now, it, it, now with the Safe Driver Act program, what we have done, and this is this goes to you know aligning the, the, the industry as much as possible, and 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 I'm and I'm pleased this has happened. It's one of the best things that's happened for the entire industry. Um, 
We 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 have smart people on our team, and uh, Gina Mullinax and our team does a lot of curriculum development. May last year, so almost a year ago, she looked at me and says, "We have to align that our our competency based programs, our curriculum in our apprenticeships." with ELDT and with what the DOT language is now. And I said, yeah, I think you're right. I got 90 things happening. I said, you know, let me know how that star works out right now. So she took off, took the ball roll, rolling, and she produced uh, really what has become the the, 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 the the bellwether for, you know, the, the litmus test for the whole, the whole industry right now. So let me explain that. A, a two-year competency-based apprenticeship program doesn't necessarily mean somebody's in the program for two years. It's based off achieving competencies, but it has alignment to be able to do so. It allow, but it, what it does, and this is driver-related. This is about driver skills. This is you know three-quarters on backing. This is you know those kind of functionalities. It gives a competency threshold for what you should be able to accomplish. And, then, and, and so really what it comes down to is, Jeremy, as you know this, you got two types of companies when it comes to workforce development, those that train and those who do not, okay? And so when I have conversations, somebody that trains, most of the time, they're trying to achieve these competencies, even if they didn't necessarily know it or put it in those terms. So then we lay these competencies out and they go, oh, that's what we're trying to get to. I know. So it's a training program assessment tool for you, okay? It doesn't change what you're doing. It just aligns what you're doing with, and right for it, here's the great part with the Department of Transportation's exact language for the competencies that a driver should have and the ELDT alignment as well. Also, it aligns with the Department of Labor's competencies, what they say a driver should have. Ironically, it also aligns with the IMAP for the Department of Defense. Hence, now the American Trucking Association, the Truck Load Carriers Association, the Trucking Alliance, Next Generation in Trucking, she Trucking, Minority Professional Truckers Association, Food Industry Management Association, the National Waste uh, Recycling Association, the, uh, the North American Punjabi Trucking Association, I can go on, um, uh, but have all adopted this two-year competency base. So what we have is this wonderful thing where you have this alignment threshold and, and think about being an owner now or you're running a, a, a truck and you're training people and you want to have some level of liability protection because we know that's an issue right now. Well, now you can show that how, what you're doing, the training you're doing, which is your training, is all bent towards achieving these competencies. And these same competencies are the same thing the DOT, the DOL, and DOD, and ATA, and TCA, and the Trucking Alliance, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, has said is, 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 is a standard, is a gold standard. So now you can literally say, I'm, I'm, I'm training people. So you get a company that is training, this just helps them align that with a cross-sectional standard, which we've never had before. That's never existed. And the other part is that if, uh, if you're not training, this gives you a blueprint on where you need to get to. And you know you're going to be pretty right because everybody else is doing this. Yeah, and I don't. I, I, I you know, I having been both ends, having having operated the truck, owned the truck, and, and things like that. I don't want to explain to a lawyer sometime because I had a driver do something stupid. Why I'm the only one in the entire industry that said I'm not doing it. You know, it's just you know, it's just, and it doesn't cost you anything to do it. You know, it's 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 an amazing thing. It just aligns what you're doing to make sure that we're all training professional, safe truck drivers that's well, we've got we've got a, a minute left and i you know oh. you mentioned you mentioned uh, uh next generation of trucking i'm actually an executive board yeah. member uh 
always, I've been a big advocate uh, of the plan to allow 18 to 20 year olds earn their CDL and operate in an interstate capacity. But I want to use that to, uh, to, to get to the deeper dive question because it was, it's an interesting one. I, I see it. It's, it's an often asked question and it is, uh, will the driver shortage be eliminated if we can reduce the minimum age from 21 to 18? Um, no, 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 there's not one solution. There's not. It is a great solution because what has been missing is there's been no engagement into the high schools. We've lost that. And, to, and into those people who have made those, those young adults. And, and what Next Gen is trucking, you're, you're on the board. I'm a founding, I'm, I'm, I'm listed as a founder. Um, I, I designed the National Program Standard Forum. I'm a, 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 a big supporter. Uh, it, it, will it fix the problem alone? No. There, there, there's 40 different, we can hold, do a whole podcast on that. Uh, and, and probably Thank take a lot longer than time. So <laughs> I know we got no time left, but it, it, it but it, it is absolutely essential as one of the elements, because if we don't do it, it doesn't matter what else we do because it will still fail because we have to make that bridge in the population of people in schools or who have left school and are still lost and they're working full time at Wendy's and, you know, they got an opportunity to go make eighty, ninety thousand dollars $90,000 a year and have great benefits and buy houses and cars and motorcycles and, you know, and, and those kind of things or more. I, 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 I've got, I've got somebody I, that, that I put in an apprenticeship program three months ago and this, and not just one, but I got one in particular that literally is on track to make about $120,000 this year and, and is home five nights out of the week. That's a great story. And I, and, and I, you know, I'm a huge proponent of it and I agree. I'm, it may not be the, uh, I think there, there, there's, it's the most, it can have the biggest impact, uh, but I think in my opinion, but to your point, um, there's no silver bullet. Uh, just real quick, how can our audience get involved with tra- uh, with Fastport? So uh, where should they go for more information? Is it just Fastport.com? Well, you, you, can, you can go to, you can go to Fastport.com and then you can click and, and they'll track and it'll get to my team. It'll get there. I'm at Dave.Harrison at Fastport.com. But just go to fastport.com. Anything that we can do to help you uh, recruit or retain drivers uh, and, and things like that. And everybody want, everybody needs to know what we do for apprenticeship and things like that is paid for by the federal government. We're, you're not going to call them and say, how much does this cost? You know, so that's not the way this works. Well, uh, Dave, first of all, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, I appreciate your passionate servant leadership. Uh, appreciate the work you're doing for the industry and I uh, look forward to seeing you again soon. Jeremy, I appreciate you uh, giving me enough time to flatten my gums and tell me I've talked too long. Uh, but anything we can do to help with this, uh, we, 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 will, we, we, will, we are mobile and we, are, uh, we, we try to be problem solvers. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Taking the High Road and for spreading the word to your industry peers. We really appreciate it. Remember, you can submit any questions or comments, including those which may appear on upcoming Deeper Dive segments at podcast at driverreach.com. And don't forget, to rate and review Taking the High Road, whatever platform you use to listen. Until next time, thank you for taking the high road.